All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode 128. You know, we're going to talk about the last dance. We're going to talk about the phone call between Chris Paul and the NBA elite players. And then we're also going to talk about players who were injured, whose careers were cut short, who were the best ones, who were the ones to make our list. Drew, kick that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. Give it up. You never heard All right, so the question Drew and I get asked every single day is how do you start a podcast? When we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we both had so many questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? And most importantly, how do we make money from our podcast? The answer is simple. Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all people, it's 100% free and it's ridiculously easy to use. Even Drew can use it. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, guys, that's exactly what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and Drew and the whole diverse community of podcasters around the world that are already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. We can't wait to hear your podcast. What up, broadcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true players broadcast, episode 128. Got another heater for you guys. It just seems like we're pumping these out every day. This is like the <laughs> fifth time I've saw you this week, dude. Yeah, we've been doing a lot. A lot of them. We're pumping out. We just put out our uh, full Mo Taylor interview on Patreon. That's available on Patreon. You guys should all go over there and listen to it. Really dope interview mo talks about his years on the clippers playing with t-mac yao ming what it was like to be in Shaq's 61 point game getting his ass kicked it's a really great interview it is you guys should check that out this is day 245 in quarantine (laughs) i could no longer take it this morning drew what happened i just could not take the hair anymore I, i thought i was being you know i wanted to ride this out and just see how far i could take it but I was on my walk this morning, and I had a hat on backwards, and my hair was coming out of the yeah. of the snapback, and I just looked at myself while I was walking. It was in a store window, and I'm just, wow, you've really let yourself go, Clips. <laughs> and so you cut it? I just, yeah, I shaved it, and it, you know, it turned out okay. It looks fine, right? Yeah, no, it does. It looks fine. I feel like a new man. There was so much hair in my bathroom, dude, <laughs> and I don't have like a mirror to look in my mirror so i'm using like the snapchat on my phone yeah it's It's, difficult it's hard dude uh and you saw the alfalfa i missed today so i just took care of that that's got to be the the hardest spot to to check though it's it's on the it's almost like the the crown of the head the very top back part of the head it is i had to take a video very difficult like a video of me going around my head to see how it looks right and uh, yeah, so I did my best, my best uh, interpretation of a haircut. I'm dying for one. I left the beard though. Your beard is coming in full and nice beard. and heavy. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's really tough to tame it at this point. It's uh, I don't I don't think it's the longest it's ever been. I've definitely had longer beards than this before, but it's definitely getting difficult. I've been trying to shape it. 
Um, mostly at this point, I, I this is the longest my hair has ever been, like without a doubt. Like, you even, have wings coming out the side even, of your yeah, oh yeah, the sides of the sides, the, the the sides in the back are getting curly at this point. The top is you know I'm still doing the Pat Riley. You won't let but, your girl take some scissors to it at all. I, you know, I'm at. The, I, I'm kind of curious. I mean, this is like we said. This is <laughs> the longest it's ever been. I want to see what it looks like when it's like, you know, in two months. Oh, I'm very curious. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna let it go. I, I have every intention to. I mean, until a barber is actually open and I feel safe to fucking go in there for 35 minutes, uh, I'm gonna let this thing right right out, and then we'll see. We'll see where we end up. I might get some. Like I said, I think my goal at this point is is to kind of go for a little bit of a a man bun action. I want to see what I that. I want to see it too. I want to see what like uh, you remember <clears throat> Lou Amundsen, the the former yeah. NBA player. Yeah, that kind of. I think that's what I'm looking okay. at. Okay, a little bit, a little bit like that. Hair goals. Yeah. I actually I actually knew it was time because I haven't seen my mom in two months. Yeah, I saw my dad on his birthday. I drove up there. They're they're taking every precaution. But it was my birthday on Monday. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, Sunday. man. Thank you. Thank you. I celebrated wildly in my living room by myself ordering takeout because you can't do shit. So <laughs> yeah. not nothing. It wasn't uh, wasn't too uh, exciting. But I finally got to see my mom and she took one look at me and I saw her the look in her eyes where she's like, this is not my son. <laughs> and you could tell without your mom saying anything. Sure. She's like, you need to do something about what's on your head. So that's funny. Anyways, I'm a new man feeling new. It's funny, though, because you you do have a lot of hair. And I, I feel like you could have done something cool with it, too. I mean, you have you had the opportunity to, to really let it grow and see what happens. With My it. mom said that I could have parted it on the side like I used to when I was when I was a young when I was a young buck. The side part. I had a side part. Oh, early. everybody did. I think well, that's everyone's first hairdo. Yeah, because my mom combed my hair. So right. that's yeah. what she wanted to do. And then since I was 10, I've literally had the same haircut. Right. And I wasn't going to be anything crazy where I'm going to try to fade it. Like I'm not even going to try to fade it. So anyways, I just feel 10 times better. Uh, I feel like the 22-year-old that I am. Yeah. Happy 22nd birthday. 22nd birthday. Hey, so Besides, like the uh, the murderous hornets and the coronavirus, sure. and not being able to do anything in the world, and Obama <laughs> now it's Obama Gate, a brand new one. This is oh, going to be man. good. We're not a political show, so we're not going to bring that up. Maybe I don't maybe, want to spend any time on no that. time on that. But we did get some positive news. All right, so Chris Paul gets on a call last night. the 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 head of the 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 Players Association. He gets his boys on the phone. Yep. He got Giannis and Steph and uh, Braun, Kawhi, Russell. Anthony Davis. AD was on there. Kevin Durant was on that. Kevin Durant and Lillard. Damian Lillard Even was though on Lillard that. wasn't going to be in the playoffs. Westbrook was on that. No. Yes, Russell Westbrook was on that. No, the Westbrook call. was. Harden wasn't. Harden yeah, was that's what I meant. Um, and it seems like, I, I mean, obviously, the, Chris's first, the question was, like, do you guys want to play? And... It was unanimous that everybody wants to play, but and we discussed this on the last show that the only way this is going to happen is if testing is available and everybody can be tested. And I think it's not a surprise that that was the answer. And Adam Silver came back and said, all right, I'm going to reevaluate in two to four weeks. But the players want to play. Right. That was That's the best news that we've gotten so far because that's the first kind of positive, like actual positive statement that players have come out and said that they're you know all of them or the majority of them are interested in trying to get this season finished instead of scrapping the season right i mean the monetarily speaking they know that this is a big thing the players do or at least they they should know because this has to do with the collective bargaining agreement 
um, it's based on revenue. So they, they know that they need to salvage whatever revenue they can at this at the end of this year to then move forward and hopefully, you know, regain some for next year and, and kind of pick back up. I mean, everyone's going to be at a loss. The NBA uh, revenue has definitely already dropped because the tickets, they said, tickets uh, accumulate 40%. Of it was twenty five, forty percent of of their their revenue stream, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, tickets are not cheap to go to these games, and and a lot of times they're they're filling the house for most most teams. And if nobody's in the house, they're not buying beers, and they're not buying exactly, food, and they're the not other, buying right the rest of it as well. So, you know, I think this is this is great news. I've been real optimistic about this the whole time, saying that I I'm pretty positive we're going to get um a, a some sort of conclusion to this season and, and then also some playoffs and it's looking like that's going to happen now timing is everything right that's and it's always been the question is like okay well logistically if they can get it done when is it that they can actually start that 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 process and i think that's still very much in the up in the air uh but that, at least that like what what we're what we're getting out of this is that looks like if they can possibly work out a way to get it done they're going to do it the whole campus situation i like that um, as far as making a campus environment for the whole playoffs, I get it. That would really only work at Disneyland, I think. I think Vegas would be out of the question. I really just don't think Vegas is going to be the right place to do it. But the other thing is the backlash that the NBA is going to catch if these tests are readily available to them right. when states and hospitals and, and normal people can't get them. And if you're having 200 people in the playoffs and you got to test them every single day and possibly like – every practice and workout like the NBA is going to catch major backlash for it. So I think the only way that this moves forward is if the tests are available, Drew, don't you, don't you think that? Well, so that's the thing is like that technically they are available right now. Like the NBA has the power to purchase the amount of tests that they need and they're available for them. But what they're waiting for is to make sure that regular citizens, American citizens that actually need these tests have them before they come in and take their their portion that they need and i think that's obviously a very wise decision yes it's definitely going to come down to that uh we i think i i said it maybe on the on the patreon show last saturday but it's a, it's about a specific number of tests nationwide that that they're looking for and it's got to be closer to a million tests per day that they're actually getting done and and then also have that capacity available moving forward before the NBA and other leagues are going to feel comfortable about taking their allotment. And obviously that's, that's a great decision. We, there shouldn't be somebody that is in need of a test that can't get it. If it's readily available for players like in, in the NBA and the NFL and the MLB. Right. So all of that makes a lot of sense. I just don't think we're that far away from that being a reality. I mean, but then what if one player, what if one, one, one player go bears it, dude. Right. And then do you shut down the whole playoffs? Is that team automatically eliminated? is you know do, does does everybody not going to get to be able to play exactly so no that's the, that's the hardest part about it it's right so like the only way that you can start it i think fundamentally is that you have to test everyone before and assume that those tests are accurate and that they're not false negatives or false positive whatever the case may be and then that's when you can start the bubble right like that's the whole idea here is that everyone has to get cleared and quarantined for two weeks making sure they're tested and then uh, upon arrival and then probably tested again before really things started like actually going into competitive nature where you're playing games against other teams the biggest the biggest issue is is going to be about what happens when someone tests positive because it it just seems like it's a matter of timing as to when there's a positive test right of course if everything's done appropriately and nobody leaves and no one enters 
then that shouldn't theoretically be a case. If everyone goes there healthy without having the virus, then it, it should, if, if it works, remain that way. But of course, we don't foresee that happening. Now, the biggest issue is exactly what you brought up, is if, if, if Chris Paul tests positive, just as, a, as an example, and he's playing on the Thunder, does that mean he's out and, and can never come back? Or can he come back after he's feeling better? Does it mean the whole team has to sit out? Are they removed entirely from competition? I think it has to be. But the thing that has to be for sure is players have to understand both the league and the players. There's going to be positive tests. Like that's kind of something. It's an inevitability almost. Like it sounds idealistic to hope that that that's not going to happen, but it's almost certain that there's going to be at least one positive test, and then the players have to be okay with that, right? That that they were in a campus in a bubble with someone that had the virus and then what happens right so that's the biggest problem is how do you mitigate that how do you make sure that when that happens that there's still a path forward and is it still the is it still all nba teams are playing out the rest of their 15 games because if i'm you know what i mean if i'm carl anthony towns who's just been affected by you know losing his mother from covid like if i was him i'd be like i'm not playing i'm not going to play in this freaking thing right you know so and that you know that that part too will be very interesting because yes the the players union can agree on something but you can still have individual players not wanting to partake in it and i think the thing that'll happen for them is they're just going to miss out on whatever checks that they're going to you know that they would have made right so they can they should be able to opt out i think they that no one should force someone to play but they can't also then expect to receive like their normal income while they're they're refusing to go out and earn it through the normal fashion that you would earn your paycheck. So. I, th- I think that Silver is going to spend these next two to four weeks, obviously speaking with owners and just, I, I, we've said this since the beginning. We know that he's working his ass off. They're all working their ass off to try to make this happen. But if it just doesn't work out, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's not going to work out. And I don't, I personally don't see it working out. Would it be awesome to have basketball right now? Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure the Clippers have been working their asses off. I know a lot of people have been, um, the rest would be really good. And, you know, like even for LeBron, like LeBron's window is closing right now, you know, just for age wise. And like, he really wants to get this chip. And if this season's a wrap and then they're not starting until, till December, you know what I mean? It cuts, it cuts, it cuts into a lot of things, man. And I just don't think we should rush this because we like the world needs NBA basketball right now. As much as we do need sports, I just, I'm, I'm not too sure it's going to work out. Well, I think the, the, the simple fact is that they're not rushing this. They're really not. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're not they're not trying to force players back into facilities. They've opened some facilities, which is nice, but they really are taking their time. I mean, I'm sure that they're they're rushing to get ideas out, but it seems like they're taking every single precaution to make sure that they're not doing this without, you know, assessing the risk beforehand. And then how do you tell 200 grown men that they have to stay in this, you know, in this confined environment? And again, are families allowed? Are kids allowed to be there? Do do these players want to be away from their families like this? How is it just there's so much logistics involved in all of this. And, you know, I was thinking about like how the players are going to eat. That's one way that some of these big companies can make money. Like, okay, uh, Outback's doing us for a week. You know, they're catering for a week. And then it's, you know, somebody else and somebody else maybe to start generating money for them. And, and maybe some jobs for, you know, caterers and shit. I don't know, dude. 
I really don't know. I And just the whole thing with no fans is so weird with basketball. Is it going to be on tape delay? Because you know how everybody talks and you can hear everything. Yeah, I'm, like, I would be – I so that, that part of it I'm actually kind of looking forward to. I, I want to see what it's like to be able to kind of hear the back and forth while they're playing. I mean, shit, dude, that's what – if you ever go to a basketball game that isn't an NBA game, if you go to college, most colleges – um, or high school games, you can hear what's going on. I mean, granted, yes, when there's a crowd, sometimes it gets too loud for you to hear things. But I love that shit. I mean, and then hearing some of the better players be able to kind of work things out on the court and and have those like back and forths that LeBron's going to be like, no, I need you to to you know show on this screen so I can dip on. Like, I want to listen to all of that. It I could ruin do. some people's career too. I know for a fact. Well, Chris, Chris Paul does not want to be heard with everything that he has to say. I think they're going to have to do a tape delay because of the cursing, right? Like that's the, yeah, one. but there was cursing on, there's cursing on the last dance on ESPN. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Maybe you can let and some they had the... a disclaimer before uh-huh. that, you know, saying, and then they have the clean version available on ESPN too. Mm-hmm. So they, they're showing a, a version that's edited. Um, if you don't, if you have kids and you want to watch it still and you don't want to hear fucking shit every other word. And you could probably hear what the, when the refs fuck up too. Definitely. Like when they're saying, oh shit, I missed that one. That's, you know? that's my point. I'm really, I'm very, I definitely want to hear that. I think that's going to be, that's going to bring a different element to it. Um, but of course they're going to have to manage that too. I mean, they can't have F-bombs being dropped no. every second. So no. it, it, the most, it makes the most sense for them to, to do a tape delay, five second delay so they can hit you know the the right buttons in time and then like what is the what is the championship game going to be like so whoever wins wins the chip right do they drop confetti from wherever they're from and then it's just it's just 12 grown men nah, bouncing around the court be, it'll just be like um well if if the family's there then they'll have a bit of a crowd that's the thing is like if families are permitted okay so there's the 70 arenas won't be entirely empty you can't have crowds over 10 though so if that if that's the state rule, well, no, but if they're in the bubble, you should be able to do that theoretically. Okay. You, if you're in a bubble, you should be able to have, you just, have shit. They'll have enough space if they do it in the in the right arenas for people to be still distancing appropriately. So weird. It, it'll be weird, but I I think you know the celebrations will just be like normal locker room celebrations. It, it'll it'll just be obviously not not on the court in front of zero people. I just that's just that's half of the game to me, bro. And for a lot of those players, a lot of those players just vibe off the fans and playing in front of 25,000 people. But maybe a lot of things, maybe there'll be a lot of players that get exploited, you know, from from just the I mean they like you said they do this in practice every day. They play in front of no people in every single yeah. practice. So I don't know. I really wish there'd be a way for them, though, if this goes on, to get the fans involved some some way. You know I'm what sure I mean? I'm sure they're going to have their creative versions of, like, the Zoom. Something better than the fans. dunk contest, please. Well, yeah. Please. Than, than <laughs> the, the horse. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Than horse. Well, exactly. It'll be better than that because it's actual basketball. But I, I don't know. I'm here for it, dude. Like I've been saying this whole time, whatever product they can put out, I'm, I'm ready for it. I hope it. I hope it works smoothly. And I honestly – you know, with with what I'm hearing from other leagues that are starting up in different countries and different sports, that you know, it's only a matter of time. I think we're going to get this done. How's your uh, South Korean baseball team? Well, Samsung, Samsung. You know, I haven't been following them that closely. I thought I would get into it, but I uh, I have been I've, I've been head first into Red Dead Redemption Two, the I've, video game. It's uh, such a long game, right? Mm. This is a big story, like Western. Mm-hmm. Right? For for those that aren't familiar, most of you are familiar. And it's a fucking long, like, it takes you, like, weeks and months to play this game. So I figured, what a, what a better time to do it now. I'm only 21% way through the fucking game. Good so for you. 
Um, yeah, I've been doing that <clears throat> instead of instead of watching South Korean baseball. I brought that up with Jelani last night. We did a a Zoom with the Slick Boys with Jelani and Ray Young. They did Slick did a a bracket of the top uh, basketball movies of all times. There was over eleven thousand votes on these movies. Some of these people just do not know what the fuck they're talking about though <laughs> they really do like they had car i think it was coach carter over above the rim and we we well, did that's the a generational problem it is like and then like there was one movie i've never even heard of cornbread cornbread and earl i've never heard of this movie ever so all three of us didn't either which was funny so we just deleted that sorry but i brought up samsung to jelani and jelani's like i played for samsung uh, when he was in, or he was gonna play for Samsung in South Korea. Oh, that's funny. He's all they were paying a bag, man. Like I wanted to do it, but it was South Korea. So South Korea is not that bad. My brother was stationed there for two years when he was in the army. He was stationed in Seoul, and he said it was pretty like fine. It, you know, it's because they are. It ain't North Korea. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> it's kind of like Japan. Like mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not a third world country. They have all the amenities that you want. Food might be a little bit different, but Korean food, shit, give me some Korean barbecue any day. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I am down for that. Everybody should watch Parasite, by the way. We just brought You're so Korea. big on this movie, I, and I, I have, refuse to watch I it. I didn't watch it in theaters. I waited. I watched it maybe a week or two ago, uh, maybe, maybe longer than that. Who the fuck knows how long ago it was? <laughs> but it is worth watching. For all of you out there that have not watched it yet, it's on Hulu. It's subtitles, though. Subtitulos, bro. It's subtitles. You, it's all in Korean, so the subtitles are important. There's some English in there, but it's a fucking great movie. You've been adamant about that. It's great. And I've just been denying it. It's definitely the best movie I've seen in a while. What? It it, it reminds me of um, uh, Get Out. I loved Get Out. Very kind of similar, like, thriller kind of suspense movie and okay, the, so and the I lo- story is fucking insane i so. loved get out but you refused to watch us i don't want to watch you, us. Th- i can't believe it that one because i love that one too that was i'm sure i'm sure it's good i'm good on that i don't need i don't need i i'm not a big scary movie guy I, I just, it's just i've never been a scary movie person i've not but and that's what i'm saying like parasite and get out are scary and, uh, and suspenseful in a way they're but a they're thriller not, yeah it's not like fucking jump out at you or like all the gore and, and psychotic shit that people like sometimes. All right. One thing we can all agree on is that episode seven and eight of last dance dropped on Sunday. <clears throat> we only have two more left. And then like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. ESPN's going, Oh, perfect. They like documentaries. We're just going to keep pumping them out. Let's, how many more do we have in the vault? The clips and drew documentary will be dropping an ESPN in August. So <laughs> just that we're next on the list with them. Yeah. They do have some good ones lined up. The Bruce they Lee, do. uh, the, the Lance Bruce Armstrong, yeah. two, uh, uh, two, well, two parter. Yeah. And then what was the last one? Uh, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Oh yeah. Sammy Sosa, the summer of 98. That one will be really good. I can't wait for that. But anyways, episode seven and eight dropped. I loved I loved how this started out, right? Like the opening scene is Michael and the boys. And he says, all right, he's in the huddle before they go out. And he's like, all right, starts off with hard work and ends in champagne, right? And I'm just like, that's such a boss thing to say. And so episode seven and eight, they go through. Um, they touched on it on six with the gambling. Michael loses his father, which was just such a random act, right? Fucking crazy. It was so random. Like the just think if he doesn't pull over, he's not tired. He doesn't pull over. And it, I find it so strange that he would just pull over for a nap. I mean, I, old people I, do that. I'm sure that that happens. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that this was a bad move by any means that he made. I mean, shit, you can, you should be able to pull over on the side of a road and take a nap if you want to but truck drivers is, do it all the time this is right but this is michael jordan's dad like why is he in his position where he needs to not be at one of the houses 
that my I just I just find that whole that really sucks that he just ended up in that position where he was like, damn, I'm too tired to make it back home or to somebody else's house that I know that I can crash at. And I'm just going to fall asleep here for a couple hours, rest my eyes and then get get back on the road. Brand then... new Lexus, though, on the side of the road. There's some crazy ass people out there. dude. Yeah, man. And, you know, before we get into that, I wanted to say something because. They start off the show playing New Jersey in that game one. Yeah. And my boy Chris Gatling dropped, dropped 24 on him in that game one. He got yeah. a little bit of shine. Headband Gatling. That team, that team was so sorry, though, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole that whole series, uh, round one, two, and three was all sorry. But anyways, so it goes into the relationship with, the, with, with Mike's father, which we all know like they were extremely close. Um, we got to see Michael be really vulnerable – um, and and cry when he was talking about his dad, um, which just goes to show you like how real this documentary is. And we've seen Michael in the past few years become really vulnerable. Like Kobe's uh, Kobe's speech was was epic. His Hall of Fame speech, he cried. Um, there was that one scene in episode seven where he just said, "I got a break. Time like, to break. Time to break." Talking about competition, mm-hmm. <laughs> he got emotional just talking about competition. He did because I think he's uh, the more that they were bringing up just how crazy Mike. What I mean, he brought it up as a tyrant, right? Mm. Like I was a tyrant, but he didn't. You know, he didn't say he didn't ask the players anything that he wasn't fucking doing himself. And that's a big thing. That's a real big thing with anybody who's a leader, right? Like that's why. You know, your actions speak louder than words, right? Mm-hmm. It, that's the truth of the matter was Mike was working his ass off. And everything that he was asking them to do was just something that he's been doing his whole career, his whole life. And so that that's a huge point. And, and I will, I, that always will resonate with me is that, you know, he, he didn't just take it for granted that he was better than everybody and just sit back and, and not try to work and continue to, to improve. But they were so in '93 when they win that that third one, Jordan's pops passes, and Ahmad Rashad's talking about the funeral, and he said that they had a moment like Mike doesn't even know how to tie a tie, all the suits that Mike has and been wearing, and he didn't know how to tie a tie, and Ahmad is almost crying saying how he was tying Mike's tie, right. and then just how the journalists were saying Mike was physically and just emotionally just exhausted. Sure. And he was, he was actually planning a retirement to play baseball the year prior. If he didn't have the Olympics. And then he said, well, bird and bird and magic haven't won three again with the competition. Like, let me get this third one, this gold medal three in a row. Yeah. Let me get three in a row. But then, so he calls Phil, you know, when he decides he's going to retire, he just tells Phil or Reinsdorf wouldn't let him retire until he talked to Phil. Right. And he just said that I had, there's no competition. I'm not motivated. I mean, he's been killing everybody forever and I need a break. But in, in that retirement, in that retirement speech where everybody's there, the team's there, every person in the media is there. I think Michael, he's kind of smiling when he's saying it. And he said, if I decide to come back, I feel like he was going to come back the whole time. Yeah. You know, I feel like this wasn't, I was going to walk away forever. He he said it right then. He's like, I'm not going to close that door. I'm not going to say that, that I'm never going to come back because who knows? Like I, you know, 
it was it looked like he was just saying i'm taking a year taking off. a fucking break <laughs> right and then you know the timing was odd though he's in the middle of the gambling investigation pops passes and so of course the media that wants to tear you down mike even said i hated you know people there were some people that just hated seeing me on top and i love how they had david stern and a lot of other people be like yo this is utter bullshit this was just made up clickbait stuff there's nothing and when about, you f- the, about him being suspended yeah suspended some some secret suspension of mike's gambling and whatnot and it, you know it i like how they just kind of shut all of that down real quick sure I mean, fuck, dude. Uh, who are we to say that Mike wouldn't have got a, a two to five game suspension for some of the shit that he did? And and for us to think that that would be the reason that he got two to five. I mean, shit, even if it was a 10 game suspension, it, there's no way that David, they said it. There's no way David Stern, who was all about money and making sure that the league continued to make money, would put his highest prized winner on the bench for an entire season. You just wouldn't do that. So, uh, yeah, I think it was very much... I mean, shit, dude, I can only imagine what that would have been like for for him to you know, talk to his dad one day and then all of a sudden he's dead, not even be able to kind of say goodbye or have any kind of, um, you know, closure with that and what that would mean. I mean, shit, he knew his dad and him had talked about him playing baseball since he was a kid. So it's so crazy that Michael. So he decides just this is, this is the benefit of being Michael that you can just decide, you know, I'd like a tryout. Let me get a trial with the and Reinsdorf is the owner of the White Sox. I was going to so, say Reinsdorf. The reason that Reinsdorf let this happen is because like the I can just see dollar signs going from one pocket to the other. Totally. I mean, shit. He's the owner of the White Sox. If like everyone kind of made a big deal about how Jerry was still paying Michael's salary, uh, even though he wasn't on the team anymore, and it's Three like, mil. well, he's kind of on the team. He's in. He's on Reinsdorf. He's just team. making. Yeah, he's making me money from a different, <laughs> slightly place. different. So I'm going to go ahead and make sure that he's taken care of. And also to let him know that this door is very much still open for the Chicago Bulls. Right. If you ever want to come back. You're on the payroll. You're still getting paid. <laughs> you're on the payroll. You feel like it tomorrow? You let me know. We're back. We're, we won't have any legal contractual obligations. I honestly think that this whole thing with with baseball, and I remember it very, very vividly. Mm-hmm. I, I and, and then watching The Last Dance, like this whole thing with competition and being challenged for Michael, just having the balls to be, again, vulnerable like okay i'm gonna go play this sport and i don't care what anybody has to say i would i the last time i played was 17 i'm 31 now crazy but i'm gonna work my ass off and just show everybody that i can play this game and 13 game 13 game hit hitting streak, streak started all is, fastballs though it's nothing to shake your head at <laughs> no 13 games in a row for a guy who's fresh off of 14 years away from mm-hmm. the sport that's that's pretty fucking unbelievable. Couldn't hit a breaking ball, though. So as soon as they started throwing the breaking balls, it was a wrap. I mean, that's how Space Jam starts. So if you guys want to get a little nostalgic, that's how Space Jam starts. It does it? With he him? strikes out uh-huh. in the major le- or in the minor league Barons mm-hmm. uniform, mm-hmm. and he goes he goes back to the dugout, and the guy, he's like, man, I can't hit those breaking balls. And the one guy goes, you know what, Mike? It's good, though. When you strike out, you still look good, Mike. When I strike out, I look terrible. You still look good, Mike. And the whole thing. It's, it's, all, it's all about it doesn't matter whether or not he struck out or hit the ball. He's fucking Michael Jordan. Right. He's Michael Jordan. And they're selling out every single game. And the, 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 the thing that I really liked was that I think Michael needed, and we saw like Mike when he was on the Bulls, it was just so – 
he's isolated. He's alone. He can't go anywhere. Um, you know, his teammates are scared of him. They fear him. And then he gets to go to this double A team, which he shouldn't have been a double A player. Anyways, they have only had to do it for media reasons because they couldn't fit him anywhere else. Again, Reinsdorf's like, uh, well, let's see. It's not terrible if we <laughs> bump him up. We'll bump you up. Bump one. him up a little bit. And it's, it's still... and Michael didn't expect any of that. Again, he worked his ass off. Right. To, I mean, the quote when, when the manager is like, you know, he had he hit two oh two and fifty RBIs, you know, which is nice. But you ain't going to the pros, Mike. I'm sorry. Right. Even if he got fifteen hundred bats, I don't think he was going to go to the pros. Well, anyways. I mean, the one thing that we know is that his work ethic is crazy. So who's to say that he wouldn't have continued to improve, given five years in the sport? Shit, bro, he could have been. You can play baseball when you're forty years you old. I mean, it's not the the most athletic sport. I mean, granted, outfield where he was going to be playing is definitely an athletic. You got to be able to move, mm-hmm. yeah, but Mike at forty would have been fine to play outfield. I agree. You know, um, I thought the benefits though of being around new guys oh, who treated him clubhouse. the same clubhouse, clubhouse, and attitude, totally. He and loves ba- that shit, uh, totally. And he and he liked being around guys that weren't like coddling his nuts every everywhere <laughs> he went. Sure, you're in Birmingham, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when you're on the road in double, and first of all, it is a grind to be a minor league baseball player. You don't. You are not getting paid. You are mm-hmm. literally playing every other day, every day. Sometimes you're in these shitty podunk towns. Yep. You can refer back to Jordan rides the bus on thirty for thirty. It was just one of those things where I think he was away from this. It, although he was still in the spotlight, he was away from it, and everybody just treated him like a fucking rook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think he really. I definitely think that the clubhouse thing was a big deal for him. And and in baseball, as you know, there's so many guys. It's not like basketball where it's the same, you know, 12 to 13 guys you're seeing every day. Granted, you know, you're seeing these guys all the time, but there's like 30 players on a baseball team, you know, with the with the ones that aren't playing or that are injured and all the different pitchers that they have. So uh, I, I'm positive that, that that was big for him. And, and especially being able to escape into that with, with all the emotion that he must have gone through, been going through, to be able to escape into this new thing and put everything into something brand new. That his dad wanted for right. him too. It, was, it had to be huge. I think the the real interesting thing for me is the strike, it, the baseball strike in uh, 96, I think, or 95. That's what changed everything. Yeah. That's that's what opened the door to let Mike come back to, to the league that year. I, I, find it, I find it really, really hard to believe someone like Michael Jordan, who always honors his commitments, would have said, no, I'm not going to go to spring training if, if everything was normal, right? The, the, the MLB doesn't have normal. But he didn't want to be a replacement player. That's the thing. So he wasn't going to. He wasn't going to cross, cross the, the picket line. line right. But he also, because of that, there was no normal spring training for the Barons. Mm-hmm. So I just think timing is very strange for a lot of different things. But like that, having that happen at that time, a year and a half in, when he was probably really raring to go again for his next year as a baseball player, Having it everything shut down was the only thing I think that led him back that that particular season. It could have been with without that strike that he plays for another two or three seasons in baseball and then and then tries to come back later. And you know when he's watching those 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 finals or those playoff games, you know he's watching like, dude, I can fucking get this guy. Oh yeah, you kidding me? What the fuck you doing, BJ? God damn, you know what I mean? Yeah, like little things like that. And then when BJ asked him to lunch or Mike asked BJ to lunch, and he's like, this is a little unnormal right after they strike yeah like just come to practice yeah. you know and then you start getting those competitive vibes back and obviously it was bound to happen like you just don't start going to nba practice just for cardio i guess he could have if he wanted to it would have been great for the team but then they get into the epic michael jordan practices right 
Scotty Burrell, who, man, this is again, this is why Michael said we are going to think he is a horrible person, right? And there is in every single one of these episodes, you got to look at Michael and be like, God damn, damn. what an asshole, right? Yeah, sure. But he's doing it for all the same reasons. And I completely agree a thousand percent with what Udonis Haslam said yesterday. Like, and mind you, I'm not playing with, with Michael Jordan, but. If I'm a grown man and this dude is calling me a bitch and a hoe every single day, right? And they just said Mike couldn't get under Scott Burrell's skin, yeah, at all. That's the best. It's the best. And and he and I've I've said this on a couple shows. Like Scott Burrell is literally one of the nicest dudes that I it's, ever met. It's obvious. It's so obvious. It's obvious right? in this in this documentary that Scott is just a nice guy. But why does Mike pick Scott out of everybody, right? Right. And he, because he said. He said that, you know, he didn't seem too interested, like he wasn't that motivated uh, in Mike's eyes. And and Scott said it the best where he's like, look, nobody, whatever he expects out of everybody, you're not going to get right. his level. No one's going to work as hard as Mike. But, you know, uh, then there's Steve Kerr, right? <laughs> and Feisty. The epic, I mean, we've heard about this story so many times, and I just love how Steve Kerr said it. You know, yeah, and and it seemed to me like it was Phil that was waiting for this to happen. Phil put Scott or, or put uh, Steve on Michael. They're they're jabbing. They're he's playing physical, and Kerr did not fucking back down, and he got one to the eye. And Michael felt horrible about it yeah. afterwards. Well, and Steve started it. I love that shit. I mean, Steve was the first one to throw a punch. Uh, which I would love to see the footage of Steve's punch to the chest to Mike. Just literally, just, you think it's a forearm just, shiver? I just want to see what it's like. I'm sure Steve threw a great punch, mm. but I'm hesitant to believe that. But uh, Steve was so much smaller than than Mike. But I would just love to see him get all riled up and just be like, "Man, fuck you!" and throw <laughs> throw up the punch that hits Mike in like the left back. Yeah, the pack. And then Mike's like, "What?" and then pow, <laughs> right in the face. Uh, but no, he, but that's 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 a that's a real thing that happens though, and, and you know, in in I think in a lot of team a aspects where leaders will check the newcomers. Now, it, I don't think it happens physically like that, where a lot of players are getting punched. But on one one facet or another, there's always going to be, or there should every team should have a leader that challenges the new people that are coming onto this team to see what they're actually made of. Um, that's again, part of being a leader. Exactly. And so, yeah, Steve fucking passed with flying colors, even though he ended up with a black eye and, and you know, the worst for wear and, and Mike got kicked out, but never again was he challenged on that level because Mike's like, okay, when, when this guy gets pushed into a corner, he's willing to fight back. I take the, I take the black eye from Mike to get the respect. You know, it's also one of the greatest stories of Steve Kerr's career. It is. He has a he, Steve Kerr has one of the most amazing careers of all time. He does. Um, but that is one of the greatest stories of of his career. It's sure. funny that the little white guy steps up to Mike like first time. Yeah. And then Scotty Burrell, Mike said, "I've tried to get tried him to, to fight, fight me <laughs> so much, and he just would not do it." And you see Mike laugh like he's just a nice guy. He is a nice. And some guy. people aren't built like that. I'm not built like that. It takes a lot for me. Kind of what Steve Kerr said. It takes a lot for me to fucking throw hands like a lot because nothing really gets under my skin but words that do get under my skin are bitch and hoe because i'm neither one of them sure. and just the fact that it rolled and mike was saying it with passion right when he was calling it wasn't like ah oh, drew stop being a bitch no. it was like nah bitch yeah you know nah stop being a hoe i think it's funny because the <laughs> other way around it's it's almost like scotty burrell got under mike he did for not one for the not, smoke so that's that's like the <laughs> ultimate power move it's like if you're gonna do this, I'm just gonna I'm gonna be the peaceful warrior, 
and and then it doesn't matter what you say to me because I ultimately own it, and there's nothing that you can do to get me over the edge. Right, like it would have been super out of Scotty Burrell's character to be like, "Oh fuck it, Mike, let's yeah. throw." Yeah, like it would. He just he just was happy to be on the team and be friends with Mike, <laughs> even though Mike was a dick to him all the time. Right. So they go through all this dick stuff with Mike, and then it's like, all right, Scott brings up his his friend in a wheelchair from UConn, and Mike's just like a normal dude. Sit down, sign sign balls, talk basketball. Through shade at Connecticut. He's like, yeah, I heard they have a good right. women's team, which See, is funny. that's the part of it that I always will think of Mike as a great guy. All those all those little clips that they had with him interacting with whatever fans that they were, whether they were, you know, uh, little kids or people that were, you know, ill. Like, that shit is – that's a that's a huge thing that he does. And also, like, the way that he was about it. It wasn't awkward for Mike. Mike walked up and just was like, hey, man, like, mm -hmm. when's your birthday? Or, With the Miller like, light in his hand, yeah, the standard. He's like, oh, what's up, man? Like, you want to talk a bit about, like, about hoops? Right. Or, like, that that part of Mike, I always think, is will always outshine the asshole, right? Because that's stuff that really shines true. That shows to your character. He doesn't have to take time. He could have signed some autographs and just said, all right, cool, later, like, bye. But he spends time – he spent time with these people and that's you know that's that's huge i loved that one scene in the locker room where it's harp scotty and mike and they're in their suit they're in their suits and they're drinking miller light and uh ron or scotty said something like this is you all we think about in the fourth quarter the like that's, we're not even like the game's a wrap all we're thinking about is cold beer after the game yeah um so two two more things really quick or three more things the scene where mike's in in his locker with the baseball bat and the cigar in his hand and there's a cigar out a next cigar to him. yes in the in the jar in the jar or next in the, to in the mug yes in the mug that's a pre that's a pre-practice cigar they're they're not even in practice yet he's smoking cigars that's a pre pre-cigar that's unbelievable pre cigar because he was not sweaty no this was not post-practice shoes were he's unlaced light, lighting up a foot-long <laughs> cigar before shoot around just hanging out. That's nuts. It is so nuts. It's so boss, though, when you think about it. And who brought him the bat? Who's got the real baseball well, bat? I think that's his. That might that might have been his bat. Could have been. I had a feeling that it was his bat from from when he was hitting. And this was uh, this, the thirteen game hit streak bat. This was <laughs> the game after BJ Armstrong was talking all that shit, right? BJ goes off. Can BJ? <laughs> you know, I, I I think we all we all get that. I mean, anytime that you want to that you're able to get back at at a, at a former. Uh, you know, coworker or whatever. Like, there, there's always a great opportunity to shine, and BJ did. I mean, he hit some huge shots in that game. That playoff run, though. Like, think and then, of, and then turns around has like three points the following game. He was, yeah, it was. He has two. He was one for six. Yeah. Um, and he just, and that's all. BJ should have known better. That that's it's all so Michael. Funny. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, that's what Mike. That's all Michael needs, right? And then that was the second round of that playoffs. And did you see their fucking starting five, bro? I know it's Divock, a uh, Glenn Rice, BJ Armstrong, David Wesley, and Bobby or Bobby Phils, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and uh, and Mr. Curry coming off the bench. Del Curry, Del Curry, off senior. The bench. Yeah, was coming off the bench. Like, how sorry is that? Mike's gonna torch all those cats. Yep. Um. I thought that was just really interesting. If anybody should have known better, it should have been BJ. Um, so when Mike was playing baseball, and then there's the game against New York, Scotty doesn't get doesn't get the play call at the end. Tony gets it right, and and fucking drills it, drills it, drills the shot. Well, Phil, they had rung up plays for Tony the whole season. He had four game winners, four game winners. That. And, and they like, and then Scotty's shocked that Kukoc gets the call. It's like, I, how many game winners did you have this season, Scotty? 
I mean, Scotty being the leader of the team, I would understand. But as a leader, again, you don't fucking quit on your team. Winning is the most important thing any good leader should be focused on. It's not. It shouldn't be focusing on me, me, me. Yeah, I getting me getting the last shot, and then if I miss, well, it doesn't matter because I got the shot. Like it, winning is is what matters most to good leaders, and and I think that it's the perfect example of why Scotty is just a he's just a little different. He's a little different guy than than most players, right? Most players, regardless of of their stature would would throw a fit and say no i want the ball or i would demand the ball but even still would go okay fine if it doesn't go to me this call, time, i get it next time or if tony misses then you can go look i don't give a shit i'm taking the next shot but i'd still go okay fine i'll go out there and pass the ball in and we'll see what happens first of all it was a great look and it, said it was a great be, shot it was, it was a great inbound pass yeah. first of all phil said okay fuck him he yeah. said fuck him scott he said, you're Scotty. not going in yeah fuck him fuck him dickie simpkins or whoever it was that <laughs> to come in through a great inbounds right great pass. so th- what i'm thinking about though is this yeah if and 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 the beef the reason why scotty was so upset is because there was all that beef from the whole tony kukoc jerry Krause thing from years prior this was tony's rookie rookie year right, right? And there was probably still some issues that they had. Obviously, they should have known that Tony was extremely talented. And during that time, he was their second best player on that fucking team. 100%. Way I'm looking at it is if I'm Scottie Pippen, Tony just saved my whole career. So two things. If Tony doesn't hit that shot, Scottie is going to look like the biggest bitch of all time. Right. Right. He would if if he misses that shot and Scotty refused to come in, Chicago Bulls fan would have shunned him forever. And that team, no matter what apology, no matter what apology they got, the whole Bill Cartwright thing, we all knew that. And Scotty apologized after the game. But the second thing is that shit would have never happened if Mike was there. Obviously, Mike would have taken the shot. Sure. But and nobody would have had a problem. Nobody would have had a problem if Mike's taking the shot. Right. But if Scotty tried for one second to not come into the ball game because he's not getting that rock, you best believe that 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 there will be hands thrown or 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 Mike is going to tear into that ass. So yeah. if I'm Scotty, thank God Tony hit that shot. Right. Sure. Thank God he hit that shot. And you listen to Phil. Like, listen to what the play Phil wants to call. Right. It's a great play. And and I think the the. You know the true colors of Scotty showed up after the fact, right? When when Cartwright goes into his big speech and Scotty gets emotional too. It's like, you know, he made a bad decision. It was a mistake, and he even said, "Yeah, I mean, at the end, he said, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would do the same thing." Which is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Bull- it's a bunch of bullshit. There's a lot of lies that go on it in is, this. It's just a crock of shit. <laughs> really I mean, is. I can understand why Scotty would ha- like he almost has to take that position, right? Because he looks like such an idiot, but. Come on, Scotty. You're going to sit there now, 20 years, 22 years and later. And still say you do that? And be like, yeah, I'd still make the same Bullshit. Move. Get out of town. Bullshit. <laughs> I'll take that W, though, any day of the week. Um, so then, I know we're going back and forth, kind of like what the documentary does is going back and forth. It's hard to keep up with the years and the seasons. You know what I'm saying? And the playoff You have to games. focus on that timeline you when do. they shift. You're like, okay, 96 now. Randy Brown's not on that team? Yeah, okay, right. wait. Steve Kerr's not there yet? Right. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of memorization, but... This is epic, and we've known this forever. And Jelani and uh, Ray actually talked about it yesterday. But when Mike was filming Space Jam, getting ready after losing to the Orlando Magic in the playoffs, 
Uh, he's doing Space Jam. They build him the dome, the epic games that went on there. Michael's filming all day, weightlifting, three hours of games, then got called, you know, got your got your call time at eight o'clock in the morning. And and the the amount of players that were coming in there daily, and I even noticed a lot of Clippers. Bo Outlaw was on there. Pooh Richardson, you saw jo- uh, Juwan Howard, Cedric Sabalos, Reggie Miller. Uh, Jelani, Jelani played in a couple of those games. Mm-hmm. Because he would say at that time, because obviously UCLA still has the best runs during the summer, so they would play two hours at UCLA and then get onto the Warner Brothers court and get on with Mike. And Mike loved it because all the competition was coming to him, and he got to scout out all the new like young talent. Um, genius, genius, right? And obviously, players want to go. I mean, Patrick was there. Um, a lot of big, big time players showed up because that was the best run, right? Yeah. And it's LA, and it's like we have our own gym, like. Why not? That's a, that's another one. It, 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 that one, those are up there with the, the the Barcelona practices of like film that I want to watch. I want to watch more of the Space Jam runs that they had out there. I would Call love, your own foul too. Would, yeah, would love to watch like how that went all went down. Would love to watch that game because that would just be so much fun watching that. And then trying to figure out who that is because it was like they weren't wearing jerseys. There wasn't like. Reggie Miller didn't have his name on the back. It should be like trying to figure out, okay, oh, oh, who's that? Who's that? Like all of that would have been good so at much. That. that would have been so much fun. To- and how the hell did Jack Haley get it? Rodman was there. Well, Jack, Jack Haley, Haley was <laughs> Jack Haley was just Rodman's coattails. He was he was right. He followed Rodman everywhere he went, bro. Can you believe like because you call your own fouls again? Like if if you called a foul on MJ and he wasn't feeling it, like just the kind of kind of oh, shit you're gonna hear. You're gonna call that? Oh, like, you calling? Stop that? being a bitch, ho. I'm about to go light a cigar. <laughs> you calling that? <laughs> Uh, it was pretty awesome, and you know what? I, I'm I'm sad this is coming to an end. Uh, nine and ten are dropping yep. on Sunday, and I'm just calling it right now. And I I have I I have nine and ten, but I have not watched it. I haven't watched any of them. You're calling that the Bulls win the series? Against I, Utah. I heard they do win. You calling that? Spoiler I'm, alert: fifty fifty. I don't know how it's going to end. No, I'm calling that <laughs> if if we if MJ had all this shit to talk about bj armstrong about gary payton where he was laughing oh so great that that may have been the best part of the of the of that episode so genuine that like he's like i did not have a problem with the glove it was father's all, day he, the glove he said i had no problems with the sonics right and that's so true and gary being gary just of thought course. i'm gonna oh i'm gonna wear him out he had one good game and, and he did he had a good game I, I the whole idea if it was don nelson or if it was gary or the two of them together uh, or george, george, carl. george carl sorry george carl the two of them together that said Let's not let's let's not have Gary guard Michael for the whole series. It's the dumbest fucking idea. I don't care whose mouth it came out of. Oh no, let's have Hersey Hawkins on Michael. Why the, whole the game. fuck? What are you waiting for? Because because Gary's gonna go out and drop fifty tonight. That shit did not happen. Gary was a good scorer, but he was definitely a better defender, a better point guard yeah. and and defender. Like your only option was to have him go at Mike all the entire George Car- time. George Carl's drawing up like the game plan for the finals. He's like, you know what? David Wingate would be way better on, <laughs> yeah. on MJ. We're going to back pocket this whole Gary <laughs> Payton thing. We're going to save it. We're Irvin save Johnson's going to come in and help on the double team. Like, come on. This is all a plan. This we're going to go down 3 nothing. <laughs> then Gary goes. Then you're on him, Gary. And then we're going to win four straight. Defensive player of the year should have been on Michael Jesus. Jordan the whole Every minute. time. Every minute. And I think Gary would have been fine with that. It should. He should have devoted his entire time. You still would have gotten your ass Mike waxed, around though. the whole game. It should have been every minute that Mike is in the game, Gary's in the game guarding him. 
and and Gary's talking about I'm gonna wear out I'm gonna wear down Michael. Like if you have to guard Michael the whole game for four games, you're in deep trouble. Again, that Sonics team. They were the best in the West that year. And it's like you're looking at their squad. Frank Burkowski, Hersey Hawkins, Kemp, yeah, uh, David Wingate. I think uh, Dale Ellis might have been there. It's like that's not a great team. No. Dude. But what I was calling in this series is if, if Michael was laughing at Gary Payton, laughing at B.J. Armstrong, what is he going to say about Brian Russell that he just cooked – Every oh, single yeah. time he ever saw All him. All the different, quote-unquote, Jordan stoppers <laughs> that have come and gone through the years. Uh, Russell is going to get, I think. Oh. Well, here's the thing, though. is like I don't think, I mean, I don't think Russell ever came out and said anything to the to the point that I can stop Mike. Now, maybe that's my me misme- like misremembering. But I don't think he was the one that was like, I got this. I can I can I can stop Mike. I'm gonna wear him down. He's literally the only athlete on the team that could have guarded <laughs> it's him. Only one. Is he put Jeff Hornacek on? Yeah, Horny, you got him. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, have fun with that, Hornacek. Switch on on Stockton. You got him too. I would I mean, I don't know. I just think I remember every time they played each other, just Michael cooked this dude. And it was just unfortunate because Brian's six six and two hundred pounds and like the only athletic guy on the squad. So And he and did like, okay. He, he did, did okay. Yeah, he did all right. And it, it wasn't just one play. The push just wasn't right. one, the one play. The guy did right. it all the time. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see that. And I'm sad that this is gonna be over. Um you wanna take a break real quick? Yeah, let's break. All right, Clips and Drew Nation, if you love the follow-through with Clips and Drew, this podcast that you listen to every single week, you got to check us out on Patreon and listen to our exclusive load management podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get an extra exclusive podcast every single week that we bring to you on Saturdays. It's that simple. Go to patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Again, that's patreon.com backslash Clips and Drew. Get with the program. All right, again, you got to check us out on Patreon. We just did a really great interview with Mo Taylor. You guys will all love it. If you're a Clipper fan, NBA fan, check it out and support your boys. But one of our listeners hit me up the other day and said it'd be really interesting to talk about some players that whose careers ended um, a little too early due to injuries, like the best players that could, like what could have been. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, the, and the reason being is he said something really thought-provoking was like obviously i talk about brandon roy all the time right and um brandon roy's on my list as well he, as he should be uh you know first round pick 19 19 points a game five seasons all-star three seasons in a row or not three seasons in a row but you know his knees were just horrible they were really really bad but he was drafted in 06 right so lillard's drafted in in 2012 okay and I, I always say that Lillard is it, would, it was the second coming of Brandon Roy. Yeah, just a little bit smaller. Think if Portland had, like, not the curse, right? And that starting five could have been Brandon Roy, Lillard, Aldridge, Odin. Greg Odin, also on my list. Oh, it, he should be. Yeah. That could have been the team, though. They were all drafted by right. Portland. They were all in that era. It, right. Yeah. It could have happened. Yeah, they could have had a real seasoned veteran, Brandon Roy, bring along Dame Lillard. And mm-hmm. that would have been a great one-two because Brandon Roy was like six five, mm-hmm. right? Six five, six six. He could do it all. Yeah, and he, he definitely he could guard the one or the two, and and that just would have been, you know, kind of what they're looking for. I think a little bit. It, it would have. I think Brandon Roy and C.J. McCollum playing alongside Damian Lillard are probably kind of similar. I mean, Brandon Roy was just, I think, a next level kind of playmaker than C.J. C.J. is a really really talented player. But I think Brandon Level had that. Uh, Brandon Roy had that next level kind of of uh, gameplay that that is more akin to Damian Lillard. If 
fast. But, no, but he's definitely one. He was special, dude. Yeah, it, and it, it was just so fast. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing I just remember about that is being like, damn, he's he's done? He has to retire well, already? Well, he tried. Minnesota gave him a little burn, right. and it lasted about five games. He's like, I, I, can't, I can't do this. Yeah. So it's a shame because people forget about Brandon Roy. So, I mean, we did bring up two of the others. Greg Oden, mm-hmm. that's a big what if. That guy was so talented uh, and just so big. I mean, I, you, you can remember his Ohio State run that him he had Connelly. there. Yeah, and and really what could have been a great pairing of him and LaMarcus Aldridge together. Um, Greg Oden, that's another one. Well, Portland you know, drafts big once again. Happens, you think yeah. they would have learned. Right. They would have learned. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and then also Bill Walton again, continuing with the Portland thing. Bill Walton is a big what if, right? Guy wins MVP. Um and then wins a cha- wins a championship as well, and then just you know riddled with injuries for the rest of his career, and barely barely was able to make the comeback that he did, and then still was able to win six man of the year. That's the biggest I think of everyone on this list. The only the only name that I think that could have had a, a more significant impact um, is Larry Bird. So Bill Walton, Bird's Larry Bird, those guys obviously Hall of Fame careers with the years that we had them for. But both Larry and Bill had injuries at different stages of their careers, but definitely shortened their careers significantly. I mean, Larry Bird, after a while, just like couldn't move. His back was all fucked up. He had knee problems. Um, and and Bill Walton, those two guys, even though they did all still amazing things, like they could have been so much better if they had more healthy seasons under their belts. Like <clears throat> Walton's first four seasons in Portland were his best seasons. 17 and almost 14 a game, right? Yeah. <clears throat> all NBA, all defensive team two years in a row. Yep. Um, but his feet were just done. And, you know, when he came to the Clippers, he was also taking seasons off. He would miss a complete fucking yeah. season. Take a whole season. The, the, the reason why Larry didn't make it is, on my list is because he accomplished so much. This I, I kind of wanted to go towards, like, people that should have accomplished more. No, but... I agree. And I just that's, – that's the thing about Larry. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he accomplished so much, and he only played for, like, 11, 12, 12, 11, years, 12 years. And, and the, out of those 12, there was two really bad years that he was really injured. And he could have definitely played for another three, four years, and those numbers would have been even more spectacular. That Olympics, the '92 exactly. Olympic team, was like his his final hurrah. His, yeah, his goodbye. Right. Um, Grand Hill, of course. Grand Hill. Grand Hill has to be on this list. That guy was kind of destined from when he was even in high school to be a phenomenal Hall of Fame NBA player, um, and just could not get it right. Could not. He could, did for a few. Well, no, he just he, couldn't couldn't catch a break after the first injury. Then just kept going back and back to the. It was ankle. ankle uh, mo- most of it was ankle. And I, the thing about Grant is, I wish that he had, because him and Steph kind of went through the same thing. I wish that Grant knew what Steph and and his crew knew, you know, to try to get back and to fix it. Yeah, because that Grant Hill and T Mac, who T Mac should be on everybody's list too. T Mac's on that them. was a match made in heaven, dude. Yeah, and they really like the things that could have happened there, but the timing just wasn't right. And and unfortunately for Grant, who's like the nicest man on the planet, it, all these injuries couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, a guy who worked. You know, he was the next Jordan. He yeah. was planned planning to be the next Jordan. He had a lot of Jordan in his game. Yep. Um, and and it was definitely sad. I mean, T Mac at least got to superstar level you know what i yes, mean yeah he was superstar level but always hindered by the injuries. grand hill was an all-star i mean he and he got real close that's the that's the, the heartbreaking thing for grant is that it really his his career could have been a lot different if if he didn't run into those problems tracy mcgrady also on my list um penny hardaway that's that's another one um still again got to all-star level and, and superstar and he was there yeah first team all nba guy so Still accomplished a lot, but 
definitely the, towards the end of his career was always hampered by injuries. What about Yao? Yao Ming is a good one. That's also on my list. Uh, really only got five good seasons out of him in the NBA. He before. had to retire. He had eight. He's an eight-time All-Star. Right. He had to retire at 30. That's my point. Right. I think he only played eight seasons in the league. Probably. Eight or yeah. nine. Eight or nine seasons. And I think five of those were fully healthy seasons. I, I, and he was always going to be an All-Star because China was just voting those numbers through the through the roof. Uh, so that, you know, some of his all-star selections even happened while he was, like, injured for the majority of the season. Such a talent. People don't understand. This guy could shoot. He was fundamentally sound. I just – it's never a good thing for anybody 7'6". Your longevity as an athlete at anything – One misstep, it, it, it's a whole career. Yeah, you're, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's difficult. That uh, That's why Bill Walton had problems. I'm sure that's why uh, Greg Oden had problems who grew – probably way too fast for his own good. Yeah. You know, no no player in the – name one person over – well, Shaq played a long time. But name one dude over seven, like two, that actually had a long career. Right. Mark Eaton played a long time. Sean Bradley. He didn't play forever, though. He and, played a long time. Yeah, I guess. I guess. No, it, just, it, but it, 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 it's just a matter of luck with those guys. Because if, you, if you're at that size and you turn your ankle the wrong way and then you break a little bone in your foot – that's that's all and you're done. That's Can't it. put any weight on it. And then you just have to sit there on your ass and, and hope that the foot heals itself with the surgeon did the right job. So. I got a really good one. Go ahead. I actually have I, I have a sleeper. I have sleepers. I, too, I but, do too. Yeah. OK. Chris Bosch and blood clots. Oh, yeah. OK. Sure. Like Bosch was the man. Yeah. Bosch. And he was going to be the man. He could still be playing right now in yeah. the NBA. Hands down. No problem. Yeah. And I, I, that's that's the part for his career that really sucks because he was the man in Toronto, but a lot of people view those as kind of empty numbers because they didn't do much in the playoffs. Not his fault. But he was putting up like 28 and 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes to Miami. He takes the the, the, the three position essentially, like LeBron, D-Wade, then Bosh, um, and just sucks it up and just gets you know 14 points a game when he knows he can be out there doing much but more than chip. that. Got his Got two rings. Mm-hmm. And then the blood clots happened right when he was about to become the head of the Miami Heat franchise. Like him and D Wade were going to re up and continue do, going. Yeah, let's keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And and you know even though D Wade was kind of on the on the decline himself, Bosch was ready to step into that position and start scoring more. I always feel bad about him. That's a good one to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another couple. We mentioned Jamal Mashburn and Amari Stoudemire recently. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go into too much of that. But when we're going into sleepers, Sean Livingston is one that I bring up. Sean Livingston's trajectory for That's his career was was a straight line for a while, and then his knee blew out. That was there. It was the most ex- – I've never seen anything like that before, and I hope I never have to. But that guy, you know, he, he still was able to make the miraculous comeback that he did uh, and was, was able to, to provide significant value to teams and then obviously the Warriors where he won those rings, but – that's a guy whose career would have been entirely different. He was the next Magic. I mean, we yes. took him. The Clippers took him out of high school, Seven. out of Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. Same hometown as Ralph Lawler. Big shout out. He was going to be the next Magic. He had flashes of Magic. The guy's court vision was absolutely insane. But if what people should remember about Livingston is him coming. Like the only positive thing about his injury was he was twenty. He was or young. He was Nineteen. Yeah, he was eighteen. Young. Whatever. Um, and he came back, and he fought, and he won two. How many did he get with Golden State? Two. Got two with G State. I think at least two. He might have gotten three, though. He might have been there for all three. And we got – I mean, what about Jay Williams? That's That was my next person. Oh, okay. No, no. That, okay. But, yeah, Jason Williams – or Jay Williams with the motorcycle accident. I mean, 
who knows what his ceiling was. I mean, shit, I, I kind of think that he could have been an all-star. I, I don't know necessarily if he would have been first-team NBA kind of stuff, but who knows? He was a hell of a fucking point guard. Coming from Duke, and he was extremely smart. He oh. was a really good point guard. I think he would have been a great teammate. I agree. For a lot, and even if they ended up getting Derrick Rose down the line. Oh, and who's the last person that I have. I have okay. one other person other than Derrick Rose on my list. Derrick Rose, obviously, we don't need to go into too much about that. That's just a tragedy. Guy wins MVP. It's a very similar story to Bill Walton, kind mm-hmm. of. Wins MVP, and then all of a sudden, he can't play for fucking three years. So. But he's come back. He's dude. done amazing. I yeah. mean, he was very close he to all-star level. All star. Um, he was playing at an all-star level, Yeah, definitely. that's right. And and so, anyway, I big always hat off to, to Derrick Rose anytime I see him out there doing his thing. Uh, but one that I had in my back pocket is Andrew Bynum. No. Yeah. He didn't stop because of injuries. That did. boy didn't want to play. He had he had multi he had foot problems, ankle problems, knee problems. But when he, Andrew Crinum made your list, just because I I think him being injured stopped like he was able to just really disconnect from mentally from the game because he wasn't playing right. He was just sitting there for a long time hoping to recover. And yes, there was definitely more issues than just injury problems with Bynum. I don't actually know. How much he enjoyed playing the game of basketball? I don't think he did. I think they just were like, "Dude, you're seven one and you're athletic. How are you not playing?" We'll basketball? give you five million dollars to he, play with he, us. He famously was drafted tenth overall by the Lakers, the youngest player ever drafted, without playing his senior year in high school. He only played his junior year and was injured his senior year of high school. So, I think um, that's a guy I always think about having unbelievable potential because oh, yeah. once, right, right before the Lakers traded him. He was really getting good. I mean, he had the post moves, the footwork, the, all the work that he put in with learning from Shaq and then and then learning directly from Kareem, like and Pow and all those guys. He he really became formidable under the under the rim and was blocking shots and was. So I just I think I always think of that guy as being like, fuck. What if Bynum actually cared about basketball? Well, sure, there's that. <laughs> but what if he never got hurt? And I right. think getting hurt is what always I, I I know for a lot of guys it can break you mentally being hurt and going through physical therapy and, and not playing more than it can, you know, physically. So my last two are one's a sleeper and one just breaks my heart. So the sleeper is Bobby Hurley. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And just because I didn't think he was going to be a great pro anyways, but Bobby for us, small white guys growing up, like we oh, loved Bobby Hurley. Of course. Duke, like the guy was smaller was than so everybody. Tiny. Tougher than, tougher than nails. Yeah. He was a winner, a tr- you know, a, a he's champ. a coach now. He's a hell of a coach. He is. A, well, just like his pops, him his and pop. his, and his brother also mm-hmm. both, both Hurley brothers are fucking He great was going to be a coach anyways, though, oh, yeah. right? That yeah. He was going to end up That's a, the normal trajectory for, for that, the, for, for a, that guy, for a, for a Hurley guy, for a five eight <laughs> white guy, yeah. But I'm saying he could have been. No, on, he could have been really good on on, a, on an NBA bench somewhere. He got one. It was one year, and then he got in the car accident. I think the difference between. I don't think Jay Williams should have owned a bi- mo- motorcycle at all. NBA players shouldn't be doing that. You're just setting yourself up for a you know one bad decision. It's a wrap. Hurley was in a horrible car accident. And again, anybody can get into a car accident. I will guarantee you that Jay Williams looks back and said, I should have never had a motorcycle. Of course. And there were probably plenty of people that told him, do not get a motorcycle. Totally. Get a sports car. Totally. So (laughs) it's crazy how like Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner like killed in college. And then just, it just, NBA was not it. Yeah, never happened. So this is my last one. And this goes out. This is, this goes out to my true, my true hoopers out there. Dewan Wagner. Yeah. Okay. D Wagner, Mr. Hundred Points in High School, Memphis, drafted by Cleveland. He goes out 
and this is you know it's kind of like Chris Bosh and 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 blood clots. He has colitis, dude. Like he had to get his whole colon removed. Crazy. And just could not play anymore. It was hard for him to travel. It was hard for him to sit and practice. Like just and he never had a backup plan. Played one year at Memphis. Uh, did I think he was gonna be like? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. He was just so amazing to me. Small. Anybody that can drop a hundred points in high school is is got to be talented. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. But Dewan Wagner, I always wanted to know what what his career could have been like had he. You know, I don't think going to Cleveland at that time was going to be great for him. But right. Um, that's a good one though. And that's again like uh, Cleveland got Anthony Bennett, Dewan Wagner. A lot of their shit didn't work out, dude. A lot of their shit. And if you guys have anybody else on the, you know, hit us up. Let us know where we're wrong on this. But those are just some right off our heads. Like, just what if? Um, a few of them, like Yao did his thing. T-Mac did his thing. Grant Hill got to do his thing for a little bit. D-Rose is probably the saddest, though, because his trajectory, him and T-Mac probably. Him and, and, and I always think of Bill Walden. I really yeah. like that because he was, he was primed, bro. I mean, all the time that he was spending in UCLA being by far the best player in the nation in college and then coming out, it was just like, yep, I'm here now. It doesn't matter. Kareem, fine. I'm swatting you. I'm, I'm beating everybody's shots up. I'm dunking on people. Like, he was amazing. And and that's the one that always that, – that one cuts deep. Also because I love Bill Walton. You I, do love Bill Walton. I love, I love the Walton family. We know this. I know his, his son <laughs> – Craig Luke. Hodges told us in our interview the other day that, that Bill just didn't really care for practice or anything. <laughs> Well, you, you got to imagine where his mindset is is at at that time, right? He goes to the Clippers and he's and back home in San Diego. His feet are just constantly hurting. There's never a time he said this for like 15 years. There was like not a day that his feet were not in pain, and still trying to play, and still you know even again going to the to his Celtics years. It, it's remarkable, and they didn't shows, ask. It shows how good he is. Too. Yeah, they didn't, didn't ask much for him. Like, yo, we no. need nine minutes again. Yeah, we need you get out there for twelve minutes. Go get your boards. You know, block a shot or whatever. Mm. Stand under the hoop. Do it. Make some nice passes. But you know that that shows how good he was. I mean, the one there was one other person. I think Arvidas got injured at one point. He just his, came in too late. He was late, but mm. he also was injured mm. uh, coming in. He, I think it was an Achilles for Arvidas, but. He also had a very long career. So it's he the death of the big man make, right yeah, there. They, well, yeah, Achilles, the Achilles is a wrap. And, you know, what's interesting is I think, you know, Kevin Durant could make this list. Kevin Durant could Ooh. be on this list. We don't know. It's Ooh. a big fucking question mark. Ooh. Kevin Durant could easily, you know, with that injury, not be the same player ever again. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm wrong. Yes. Um, I hope so, too. And, and again, I, I still think an unathletic Kevin Durant can easily turn himself into Dirk Nowitzki and drop 30 a game. But still, it's going to have to take a, a big changeup for him to adjust to that if that is the case. So I'm hoping I'm wrong, but who knows? I hope you are too, dude. Hey, um, we'll be back next week. Actually, we're going to be on a Saturday. We're going to find something to talk about Saturday. Patreon show again. Look us up. www.patreon.com backslash clips and Drew. Hit us up. We're going to take him out with my boy, Lil TJ. Brand new album, Ice Cold. You may like him. You may not like him. I love Lil TJ. Mm -hmm. So follow through with clips and Drew. Drew, we're ghosts. TJ Ford. Also. This world is ice cold. Ice cold. This world is ice cold. Ice cold. This world is so cold. Ice cold. This world is ice cold. I swear I got plenty, nigga. 
coming home Demons in my head, I got too many niggas gone Head down here dying, mama hurt, crying I ain't even think I see 18 and I ain't lying Jail's multiplying, change that I'm trying Murder rate just keep on going up, it's horrifying Cops pointing fingers, they be misidentifying Looking from my new perspective, I done realized some things. The streets bad, streets wicked, streets bad, streets wicked. The right shot hit you, that's a one way ticket. Something new, work a couple times, better fix it. I've been to myself, I've been just stacking up my digits. All I could do is preach, and I hope you know I got it. Spread the love. I feel your pain, you just wait your turn. No giving up. Hopefully, one day your life's your turn. Father, mama told me I'm a hood son. I done been through a lot of rough times, was hard. That's just one of the reasons I'ma take it so far. So much shit that I hold back. Memories, cold facts. They just took my nigga, he got caught up with no strap. It just been so whack. I just want bro back. I swear to God, we living in a cold, cold world. Boogie to the face to cut my feelings, I'm a stoner. Can't go to them trenches, it be hot like Arizona. Ditchy my aroma, city got corona. Sad to say, I know like there's two niggas with the comas. First time. I'm getting sentenced, I was 13 First time ever getting knocked, I was 12 Then I came home, young nigga, I was 14 Went back two more years, oh wow Remember when they kept me out of school, got spat They said that I won't be shit, I know only time to tell I'm a nigga going up, up, up I know them highest I was looking over, that's what's up I feel your pain, you just wait your turn Don't know what it is, get back, I don't mind Tired of this pain